You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Brent McCoy. Good evening, everybody. David Hall. Hey, guys, in just for the first part of the podcast before I head off to rehearsal. All right, and Greg Hectus. What up, boys? Mason Stiver. Hey, Mike. And Tony Groves. Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, hey, welcome, everybody. All right, we uh, made it. Uh, it's another off week, in, or off-season week for NIS. The NASCAR uh, racing season has been uh, over for some time, but boy, there's a lot going on. Um, we kicked off the season one of 2019 this week and finished up week 13. So let's get right into it. First of all, iRacers Lounge does sponsor the OBRL on Monday night ARCA series. We had uh, 37 racers round out the entries for the season one national series with newcomer Richard Springer capturing the pole at Darlington. Bud Clonch and Ray Caton both won the hard charger award getting 25 spots. It looks like Texan Joel Kilburn was going to walk away with the win, but a late accident took him out of contention. 2018 iRacers Lounge champion and ARCA professional driver Kevin Pearson ended up battling Kevin Rupert for the win with Richard Springer finishing third and Brian Glass fourth. Professional podcaster Tony Groves finished 23rd, Chris Scales 28th, Greg Hectus 27th. How'd you guys do? Okay, so- I'll, I'll take the... Uh, <laughs> on, this, it was... Uh, actually kind of a crappy race for me um i got into uh i got into a wreck early on and was uh basically just you know trying to limp around and, and you know gain whatever i could um there's uh it, it was we only had a week off but it seemed kind of longer than that um it was good to get back racing with those guys fresh new season and uh well i found the uh the, the first race to be you guys were a little bit more aggressive than um what i'm used to and i on my end anyways i didn't notice a whole lot of give and take out there on that track and with with a track like darlington there's there's got to be a lot of give and take because there's just uh there's not much room for error there no yeah i mean it's like going into one you don't want to go in there side by side i mean somebody has to give yeah and just not seeing the um as much as you know what I'm what I'm used to, you know, at the end, yeah, I get it for sure. Go for everything, but um, you know, first twenty laps of a race, I mean, come on. How about you, Greg? Uh, you were pretty fired up after that race. <laughs> yeah, that's not. It was a it was a fun race. Um, Tony and I were around each other for a while there. We all we all started near the back because um, I don't I don't remember. Did you and Chris not qualify for that race? No, I qualified up in 15th. Oh, okay. Anyways, what happened was is I was pissed at myself for uh, screwing up qualifying. Both times I touched the wall just barely to give the 0x, so it didn't count any of my laps. Um, but in that, you know, I know you were at Raceless with us the night before, Mike, and, you know, I, I've had pretty much one of the better cars for that racetrack. <clears throat> Sorry about that, guys. And... um I was uh, involved in some stuff in that race that uh, I wasn't too happy about. I mean, the first accident is totally on me. I touched the wall, and the guy behind me just couldn't 
couldn't slow down because the momentum is broke so much in the corners if you grab that wall and he ran into me and it's totally on me that that happened and um, I had about four minutes worth of damage in that race and I was trying to come back from it I got down to like I think I had 30 seconds left with what was going on in that race I've went from the back of the pack probably four or five different times up into the top 15 and the last time you know I'm not going to use any names because I'm still pretty hot about it but I'm just going to leave it um, but you know someone broke their own rule uh, in that race uh, you know got loose off of uh, turn three drove it down to the inside of the track and uh, was probably about 50 miles an hour slower came back up into the groove right into where I was going into my corner and uh, you know um, did it I avoided them but I went up and touched the wall and that was it for my last X so I got DQ'd in it and uh, I wasn't too happy about it the person you know didn't even didn't even acknowledge it and uh, it was a rough way because I was coming back for a top 10 um, also I'm trying to find uh, Justin Laird from our team was in that race too and I'm trying to find out where he said he finished um, I'm yeah, looking it up right the, now yeah I raced that Sunday night practice race whatever that was um, and you were, you had that thing won, and then we had stops, and uh, the the strategy didn't work out for you. But you were really hot that night. I was uh, had a good run that night. I think I finished fifth, uh, and that was fun. I had a good time running with those guys. They're at New Hampshire next week, uh, so check that out. Yeah, um, sorry to jump in here. I'm pretty sure Justin finished up in eleventh uh, place after all that. Um, Best run of the group. Yeah. Oh, yeah. By far, he was he was doing really well, and I'm I don't even think I'm pretty sure he didn't even qualify. Um, he was just able to keep himself out of trouble, and and uh, yeah, it was a good finish for him. I'm just I'm just hoping that you know the racing was good, and I really enjoy this. This is it was nice to be refreshing to be with these guys, and I agree with uh, Tony. I guess it was I don't know what it's like beforehand, so it seemed a little aggressive, but uh, you know, it's a tough track. For me, it's, yeah, you really can't get out of the way there. It's, you know, you're, if, you know, for me, I was probably, I was gaining two or three car lengths in some corners on some guys, and you really can't slow down fast enough, and, you know, it's just circumstances happen there. So, you know, take it on. Next week, we're at New Hampshire, and um, I can't wait, because that's one of my favorite tracks. It's all yeah. about breaking. I mean, you know, going through, it's the first race of the, you know, the new season, Um you know, everybody's full of piss and vinegar, so I'm totally going to chalk it up to that. I mean, you know, in between a lot of that, there was still a lot of really good racing happening. Um, so there's a lot of there was a lot of positive takeaways from the night. Um, and it, it certainly was no South Boston from last season. So, um, you know, we're, we're, we're still one up on that. And I'm going to apologize to Tony because I my car was the reason that his race was ruined. So um, that was my bad on in that one because he got it caught up in the wreck that I pretty much caused. I still love you, buddy. There we go. Get in love. Okay. Let's get into topics. Uh, I'll take the first one. Uh, season one schedule uh, was uh, released for the 2019 12 week uh, season one, as they call it, which started this week. Um, and they got the right times of day and the weather and that kind of thing. They also updated the special event schedule we talked about last week, but with the uh, proper times and that kind of thing. Um, and they also uh, reiterated the 2019 Season 1 Pro Qualifying Series 
uh, has started uh, this week. And so we got the GT Endurance Pro, the World of Outlaws Sprint Car Series, um, and so forth. And so, uh, yeah, if you guys are wanting to get into that, now is the time. Uh, what did you think about the updated uh, to the schedule? I didn't really get a, a chance to User look at the channel, daytime time and weather stuff, but uh, apparently they've channel. updated it. I haven't really had a chance to look at it yet for it either. It's uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with that. Well, we'll see. Uh, yeah, so if you're interested, all that stuff has been posted this week uh, with the updated schedule. So. All right, Brent, you're next iRacing went out and released a update on the Chili Bowl User and the um, Delara IndyCar pit stop animated pit crews that the cup cars have. And let's start here with the animations. User they said the they should be released here. I'm trying to read this real quick. and It says in the coming weeks, I believe. And it also says that it's just going to be the um, 2018 car that was that just made available to us this past year. But in a couple, in a short time frame after that, they're going to be releasing it on the DW12 and the IR05. Says it's not far behind. So these pit crews are going to be carrying gas. Man's going to be carrying the gas um, nozzle, just like they do in real life. And the pit crew members, tire changers, are going to be carrying the tires and the pit guns, if I'm not mistaken. There was some news put out there also about the Chili Bowl they had commented on. It says here that the Chili Bowl, right now we've got the Expo Center and all other trackside objects completed. We are in the process of implementing the track surface, textures for the dirt, the berm, the fencing, and the white line. We are also working on lighting the track properly. We will be releasing both of these projects to you all in the coming weeks. We are not ready to commit to a specific date. But we can say that the Chili Bowl will be released before the race in January. So until then, here are a handful of sneak peeks. You can check those out under the uh, forums in iRacing. That's the uh, end quote for him. So looks like Chili Bowl definitely coming in 2019. You can use the hashtag soon for that. And while you're at it, you might as well include the uh, IndyCar animated pit stalls in those also. Yeah, the pictures are amazing that they put up. Um what my first thought is, okay, so as you're rolling into the pit lane and you're going into your box, the front right tire changer is standing in his spot, you know, with his tire and his air gun already as you roll into the box. And can you run over him? Can you hit him? Is he invisible like you can drive through him? You know, what happens if you, you know, go too far through your box and those kind of things? I'm going to guess invisible. Yeah. But uh, I know they they're saying they had to work a lot on the tracking of the car, just so it's not like a, a regular video game where the car parks in one spot every time since we can stop anywhere in the box. To make how the guys adjust to where you park, you mean? Yeah. How awesome would that be if you could punt that tire changer like you can a traffic cone? <laughs> right. He's so all tumbling down the road. This is interesting because this is another revolutionary thing that you know, is going to set it apart because this leaves open for, okay, now they can figure out IMSA with those sports cars and refilling. And the F1 would be an interesting pit stop to try and recreate as well down the road. What is the guy doing at the rear of the car? Is he the air jack? No, the, uh, I'm trying to remember on the IndyCar. One of those guys all 
have yeah it'll be something they put in but there's also an extra guy in case he stalls it to start it okay maybe he's just standing he looks like he's just standing there at the at the back and he just pushes the car off yeah i think yeah see if you do you know if you look in there they've got that extra that line you see the line coming out of the back of the car that's to put it up yeah okay so that's what his job is what's really going to be interesting is they released photos of not the come off the indie car but they released photos for the chili bowl and all these photos the lights are not turned on inside so i'll be really curious to know what those look like with the lights turned on i'm sorry but even without the lights that is pretty much one of the nicest looking things we got oh yeah it looks great it, it really does uh, you know i i i've been a racing fan for a long time but i never realized that this track is a temporary track that they build this each year. They haul in fresh dirt and, and whatnot. So what's, but the building's obviously always there, but what do they holes in that building? I've never, I'm it's not a used to that either. It's a multi-purpose building. So it's just like, you know, it, it could be like any other, they could basically hold the. Like a rodeo or, a, you yeah. know, other stuff. But I saw pictures on Twitter this week where they were hauling clay in and putting it down on the concrete floor. I guess it's no different than like, you know, when monster trucks or stuff like show up to places too, right? It's just interesting that iRacing is able to scan a temporary track. You know, we, we've, we've had other temporary tracks like Long Beach and other, you know, road, you know, street events. Well, Belle Isle. Is Belle awesome Isle, track. yeah. Yeah, there's a few of them. All right, I'm going to jump on this next one. Um, NASCAR has announced... The Heat Esport League, the official esport of NASCAR. Um, as one iRacing member put it, NASCAR goes from having the potential for the most realistic and competitive esports league with iRacing to the biggest joke in the esports business. And uh, that's pretty much how I feel about it, too. I, I can't believe that. Uh, they came out with this program with the, the uh, consoles instead of iRacing. And so um, NASCAR has announced a 16-race schedule that features 32 drivers drafted from 16 actual NASCAR teams. Uh, another team, another uh, driver put, it is super unfortunate they choose this arcade game over iRacing. Uh, Ray Alfala, our champion, he, he jumped in and said, as much as I'd love to see iRacing as the only focal point, this helps esports as a whole. Now, excuse me while I go order this PS4. <laughs> um, and then finally, Tyler Hudson, uh, we finally got an official comment from somebody at iRacing. He says, I want to assure you guys that we have a very good relationship with NASCAR. We have been diligently working for a long time now to elevate the NASCAR peak antifreeze iRacing series. We have our own announcement coming during the month of December that will be very exciting and encouraging. Stay tuned. So what do you think? Uh, did NASCAR make the wrong move by doing this heat thing? I don't think so. I think from a business and NASCAR's investment in this, isn't heat, um, isn't that NASCAR's baby? Well, like everything's I, licensed off of it, so they all the sponsors and everything go for it, right? Yeah, so if your NASCAR is sponsoring and all the licensing, like Greg said, is going towards this heat game, they're going to first invest in this heat game. Just from a business perspective, realistically, we all know iRacing is, is probably better. But um, from a business model, it's probably best for this heat game. I would suggest giving it time. I wouldn't be surprised in a year or two if you see NASCAR switch over to iRacing. Well, and you know, I heard what Tyler said about it too. The game is more accessible. 
is more accessible. It's going to appeal to a younger audience. Uh, it's just to give them a chance. To <laughs> you're breaking up there, David. Can't hear you. I think you've got to your point, David. I think uh, I'm just... you're losing it. But, uh, yeah, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm anxious to see what Tyler ha is going to say about what NASCAR is going to say about iRacing. I mean, what more can they do than they've, they're already doing? I mean, if they announce the same kind of situation where these, you know, 16 NASCAR teams are going to draft, you know, 16 peak drivers and they're going to go at it or something, you know, for a big prize, that'd be cool. Or um, uh, it'd be nice to have... Like the real drivers, channel, quote unquote, down. own a team. I believe it was Alexander Rossi. He has like a open wheel team, right? Yeah, and Ray touched on a good point. There is no such thing as bad exposure when it comes to esports, and i racing is a part of esports, and this will be good for i racing in the long run. You know, there was a lot of forum discussion about how is this actually going to work. I mean, there's so many people and they're going to be racing this heat league. Um, are they going to be able to pick out the actual best drivers based on the gameplay? Probably not. It's going to be more like a lottery kind of thing. Well, the only problem I can see like with heat is there isn't anything into that that is, uh, you know, you can build setups and stuff like that, but it's the people that, you know, it, there isn't a sophistication level with heat, but I know what they're going for here. I, you, I really won't make, an assumption on any of this stuff until we see what that other announcement is that is going to come from it because maybe they're attacking it from both sides we don't know that right like this could be a misstep on this side but they go and announce say something with the peak series and all of a sudden you know we have no this won't even become a problem anymore yeah who knows all right very good let's keep moving uh mason stiver what's next uh, looks like we've got some exposure for iRacing here. Um, the uh, iRacer Matt Malone uh, is a active streamer on Twitch, and uh, he is going to be featured every Thursday in the month of December on Twitch's front page from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Central Time, uh, which is currently going on right now, I believe. Uh, I clicked on the link here. It's uh, www.twitch.tv slash Matt Malone, M-A-L-O-N-E. So uh, he does some practice sessions, some races, and uh, he's, he's a pretty cool guy. I don't know anybody that has, uh, if you guys have watched Matt, but Matt is a really, he's a very uh, animated driver when he's racing. He's, he's, he's very good at what he does in the roadside. He's a, he's a good personality to have for iRacing to give us exposure as well because you know, he just did that, uh, was it the Mazda, what was the Petit Le Mans he was a spokesperson for, for Mazda. Um, and uh, I, it, it's nothing but good. I watch Matt Malone anytime, I, any chance I can get. Um, his wife, Samantha Salone, Malone, um, has, races on here as well. And he, he, he's been pumping her up too by getting uh, her more exposure on here as well. And everybody seems to flock to... Uh, to them when they're in races and stuff because i see him posting on twitter when he's going to go racing and all that stuff so anybody that really wants to see something that's entertaining on iRacing matt malone on the roadside is really good yeah and you know what's neat about this is you know he's getting exposure from twitch you know directly which is pumping up his viewership you know and he's getting people watching him that are not in iRacing and that's really the next level guys <laughs> So good job, Matt. Good job on that. All right, uh, Tony Groves, Bugs, 
lots of them. Bugs, bugs, bugs. Yeah. Um, just telling the guys before we uh, hit the record button that it's, you know, it's kind of funny because, you know, we, uh, the one week they, they, they release the, the new build, we talk about it. And then the, um, the next week we almost have an equally as big, uh, topic on the bugs that seem to pop up. Um, so let's, uh, get into it. Um, the first one on our list is there's, uh, some lag getting in and out of the car. Um, but I guess there's a workaround, and I am not on the ball enough to have the. Uh, I think open. it's pit objects off. Actually, if it is the workaround. Well, you know. and do you read that thing from David Tucker here on that post? He says it's got to do with uh, when you're going from your settings that you are in the. It's the difference between what your replay settings are and your actual driving graphics settings can be sometimes, and I've had this issue where it's kicked me. Um, completely out of the sim once doing this. So I, it's something that they're working on. Oh, and he's saying make your settings match between replay and regular sim graphics. Yeah, it looks like uh, this guy has pit objects off, event off, grandstands off, crowds off, and objects off. Turn it so all off, yeah. If he's turning that all off, then, you know, maybe there's a re maybe that's graphics related too, right? Yeah, who knows with that. Yeah, I will say it's not every time, though, either that this happens, because there's been some... I, I feel like over the past week, since these couple hot fixes have come out, that it has gotten better, so... Yeah, the next one we got here is no stadium lights at this track. Um, <laughs> I gotta open these links. Terrible. Bristol. Bristol, at Bristol, there's no stadium lights. Um, and I guess it seems to be at all the tracks that previously had lights. Yeah, it's just uh, to choose that setting. In the, it looks like that's the beta UI. Oh, so it's a beta UI specific bug, maybe. Which you know, there seems to be a, a rash of those. Well, and this isn't the only track where this is an issue. At Auto Club, there was an issue, and um, this is gonna get fixed. This isn't that important. So, well, they got tracks get fixed. That, they got tracks that on here that haven't got lights added to them that are actually have lights right like we've found that out with darlington doesn't have any lights uh martinsville has lights now but they don't have it in the sim so it says here steven responded back saying that he's identified the issue and will de deploy a fix soon this was posted on the 7th of december so maybe that's what this post that or this fix that yeah came we've out had a, a hot spot a hot fix come out so we'll talk about that later uh tony let's keep going through these just rip them off quick Okay, so there's an automatic uh, pit limiter in the in the skip barber. That's auto, you know, it's just on, and I guess you don't have a you don't uh, have an option. Yeah, yeah, you can't turn it off. Um, there's also yeah the pit limiter for the uh, for the cup car. Notice that one too at um, at the Roval. Um, we got something odd happening at the Sakuba at sunset some track objects are disappearing oh this one is interesting just to, let's talk about this uh so there's a video posted by the user or by the driver and as you play the youtube video and you look at the, like the wall in the background it like one at one second it's one color and then another moment it's a different color and yeah it almost like, goes from almost uh goes like a like a wooden color yeah to what? like a blank or something might be a tire barriers but uh, anyway, that was kind of an issue, and I don't know what, you know, I think that's obviously on, they're talking about it. It's the new chameleon walls. Um, 
I'll pick up these other ones. A bunch of ones about headlights, and they basically said, yeah, all the headlights need help. Um, they don't reach out far enough or, um, you know, there's issues with them uh, at, at night. And, you know, now that a lot of people are trying the night tracks, you know. The work in uh, progress. What about the floating flowers at uh, the Roval? Did anybody see these? If As you enter the final chicane, they're floating up to the right. Yeah, I didn't know if those were actually floating or if those were actually meant to be there, but yeah, I saw those. Pretty sure I was just trying not to wreck. I'm in the same boat as Mason. I didn't notice that at all. <laughs> <laughs> There's too much... Uh, you don't want to hit those tires. So yeah, I would, I would say I was paying attention too. Yeah, and there's also a picture of one on pit lane, apparently. Um, now, I don't think I saw that one either, but I'm not sure I even pitted as I went around the Roval because it was running a bunch of short races there. Um, okay, what else was there? There was, um, oh, if you launched uh, uh, from the beta, some cars would load up and be all blue, like the entire thing is blue. The windows, the car, the tire, everything just the same color. Or black. And then you would look at your pit crew, and they were all black, you know, like they were dumped in tar, like black, 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 like no colors on them at all. And it was some very odd pictures to see those. Uh, I'd seen this before, um, you know, like a couple months back. Uh, I don't believe it was – it wasn't my car, but it was um, other people's car, and it was just kind of random. I'd see them black. They had all the, like, the Goodyear and, um, you know, all the uh, – sponsorship stickers um but the rest of the car was pure black the next one was very interesting too because this one was this guy uh liam o'neill from the uk he did this in-depth study on the new car the f3 uh that just came out and he basically documented uh through you know uh, telemetry and different things this bug and uh iRacing did come out and say it's a known issue the bug well, when you put more downforce on the car, you actually get less grip. So tell me how that works. Is that like how they half the tire and it goes faster? It's, it's, it's broken. They did acknowledge it's broken and they're working on it. But uh, as you tweak the wing or whatever it is you can to adjust the downforce, uh, it was actually creating, you know, the, the times would, wouldn't, go, wouldn't go the way that you would expect them to go. And so there was a lot of uh, discussion about that as well. The final part of that was uh, the sound issue continues. If you're having stutters or that kind of thing, go into uh, sound options and don't let it say default. Pick your actual uh, sound item, your sound card or your headset or whatever it is. Don't let it be on system default. So that is also still something that's going on. Yeah, and uh, hopping back to the Roval for a quick second, um, this was in the forum post with the floating flowers. Um, I guess people are using NASCAR turns one, two, three, or four to gain time below the apron or below the white line. And uh, this is a direct quote um, from the staff member saying that if you do that, violating this can lead to a loss in account privileges or temporary account suspension. Yikes. All right, Brett McCoy, next topic. Uh, the bug fixes, correct? Hot fix, yeah. All right, hot fix number two came out on the 11th, I think it was, of December. And um, there's been a staff update here listing a bunch. We got several here to the beta UI interface. 
nothing all too drastic. Dynamic sky slightly boosted the minimum lightness of the sky and clouds. Um, the sky is no longer forced to the redraw when switching cameras. What else we got here? Uh, time trial fixing the issue that was causing all time trial sessions to have moving sun and clouds. There's my new sponsors added to the paint kit. Um, they got the uh, the F3 fix in there that I just talked about. Yeah, they made some um, adjustments here to the controls. Um, fixed a corruption issue with the controls configuration file that would cause some controls to fail. Not sure what that means to the majority of us here. Um, some day, time of day telemetry issues that were also fixed. There's several here on the cars. Mike, did you have a chance to read these on the cars? Well, yeah, the F3 was the big one, um, you know, that we talked about. The other ones are all fairly minor. Um, and, uh, but they fixed that floating, uh, uh, stuff at Charlotte Motor Speedway, um, they adjusted the lighting a little bit at Lamar. I like the the term "unburied campers" located on the hill outside of Oval Turn Two at Charlotte. Was they halfway into the dirt? We missed that. One. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, here's one that um, I just saw interesting for us Oval guys that don't do a whole lot of racing at Sonoma Raceway. It says here, if you new race lines have been applied to this track's configuration, are they talking about the guide, the race line guide, or are they talking about paint? on the racetrack i'm guessing it's probably new lines because of the configuration that it's going to have to go to oh, for yeah, next year's new, race okay. gotcha that makes sense and yeah other than that there really wasn't a whole less list of major issues so nascar is adding the drag strip part back to the nascar race yes they are yep you see what's missing from this though the skippy uh, new ah uh, i gotcha yeah, they didn't fix the pit limiter. Well, at least it doesn't say they did. They might. I'll tell you but... what. I have. I drove the uh, the Skippy earlier this week, and there was no automatic pit limiter that was on. So I don't know where that's coming from. <laughs> Does everybody like the last one? Pit stall number twenty is no longer located on staircase. <laughs> what? All right, Greg. What's next? Uh, let me just open the link here. Okay, new road car is in early stages. So with staff member uh, Tony Gardner, uh, we've decided to go with the TCR car giving our, uh, giving, given our options. We are working with the team. Data is currently being gathered and working on a license. Now, the, what's the TCR well, series? Let's see cool. what it it's is. A Let's bring it up. Car. Bring yeah. it up here. And they have a series. The website is tcr-series.com. And uh, a lot of people on the forums have been waiting a long time for this kind of car. Okay, so now I know what it is. I've I've watched these uh, on uh, YouTube a lot. These cars are this is a very competitive racing um, with uh, good brands of cars too. Like they got Volkswagens, um, Hondas. I think there's also uh, what's the, I think there's like a Citroens or something involved in too. Yeah, there's several of them. So uh, he doesn't say which one he has, but they're doing one of them. It'd be nice if they get to a point where they can do all of them. And see, I think this... that's what's missing, right? Is where they need to start filling these series with the right car amounts. Like you, even if you got like even the we were just talking last night about the V8 series um, for the super for the supercars, and um, they only have the Holden, right? The other thing that was discussed was this might lead to. 
uh, different tracks that we're going to get because th they run at tracks that we don't have, like China at Zhuandong and Dubai and Sepang. Don't they do some of the um, uh, what is it? They do some like street circuits too, don't they? Yeah, well, I think they do street circuits, especially in the Australian market. If I looked at it right, that's cool. So I guess there's also uh, and when they're talking about the uh, the TCR cars, um, there's some talk uh, a series about the actual the, the DW what is it DW uh, sorry it's, the link's not opening up here but anyways um, another series uh, special events here in Ireland to fill up the remaining holes of global motorsports discipline so they're talking about the the German cars higher up right like the Mercedes and uh, BMWs and Audis that fight each other. Uh, I'm trying to think of the name of that series. Well, no, I think that what this iRacing member is saying is this is one of the guys that's very, very happy with this change. And his, you know, main comment was, wow, this really fills a hole that we, that is, uh, you know, one of the few holes left in iRacing as far as covering all of global motorsports disciplines and having these real you know these rear wheel cars really fills a hole that was kind of missing so that's what he's saying because we haven't had any kind of racing like this for quite some time uh, he's saying he's been waiting for it for the all 10 years that he's been on the service and he's uh, really happy to see it here so that uh, comment was from uh, Jamie Wilson who's part of team Chimera Okay, let's keep moving. Mason Stiver, Christmas time is upgrade time. Yep, uh, we got a post here about um, the new build and how it's affecting older computers. So uh, most older computer systems are having a very difficult time handling the day-night sky and, and all the, the new lighting effects and, and whatnot, and it's just killing frame rates. Um, I know I've lost some, and I have... I'm running a 1070 Ti, um, so I can't imagine what anyone with a an NVIDIA three-digit card number would be going through. Um, there's a lot of people saying that they're watching a frame-by-frame -frame slideshow sometimes, and even uh, staff member Nicholas Bailey posted up that he typically watches the first 20 minutes of special events on his laptop while keeping an eye on the infrastructure, and uh, he's already had to jack all his settings to the lowest possible. So it's it's really killing these older systems, but it is time to upgrade. So it's Christmas time. Get your deals while you can. Yeah, yeah, Mason, you said you had an issue with yours, correct? I'm sorry, I just caught the end of that. Yeah, I mean, not not really an issue. It's just I've noticed that it's been taking up more of the frames per second. Okay. Have you done a graphics reconfig yet? I have not. Okay. I would. Um, my suggestion to people is do that graphics reconfiguration because I was having a similar issue early on and then I did a graphics reconfiguration immediately and now everything is a lot smoother and I'm actually averaging about probably 50 frames more with more things maxed out. So I'm not saying that's going to solve the issue, but it's an option to try. And that's on the, the iRacing configuration? Yeah, on the iRacing configuration, yep. Yeah, I mean, I have everything maxed out, but uh, but it's just, like I said, it's pulling a little bit more. So I'll try that. Yeah, be curious to see what it changes, what it turns off, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of people with older systems that were posting on the forums. Yeah, yeah they're having troubles, and 
Um, you know, if you're running a laptop or a system that's four or five years old, yeah, you might be running into trouble. I mean, that's pretty much why I built a computer. I could almost feel it coming. And I did it before it happened. And so, well, or as it was happening, my frames were getting pretty bad and I had pretty much everything turned off. And so I knew it was time. So that's why I did it. Yeah, we have the new damage model that's coming out here in the next year that we're anticipating. The new uh, tire model, hopefully. We're getting to the point where these older, lower-end graphics cards aren't going to work at all anymore. And um, with the new improvements that iRacing has made day-night throughout the next couple of years is only going to get better for each track. And you're going to need that higher-performing system as we go on. Well, if you look at anything in the computer, PC gaming-wise, older graphics cards aren't going to hold up to anything nowadays anyways because everything's gone crazy graphics-wise. There are a lot of people asking iRacing if if they still have to optimize some of these things versus you know just rolling out new features. Good point. I mean, and and they said day night wouldn't really tax the the frames per second, and it seems like a mixed bag if people are being affected or not. It, it, I haven't seen any consistency to that. It's hard to make that statement when everybody has so many different. Like it'd be one thing to say it if you're bringing it out on a console or something like that it's you know set for that because that's all that that has but everybody has you know frankenstein systems and you can't really guarantee that that's not going to change anything all right food for thought tony groves uh this is a hammer topic yeah yeah it's about the uh the the tire model the track temp uh, adjustments um so this first part here, the DKTM 6.1, that's got to be our current tire model that just rolled out. Uh, that's what he called it, yeah. Okay, we'll go with that. That sounds pretty good. Um, that's, uh, I guess, 50% reduction in heat. Um, and it says, uh, it seems like a good adjustment so far. Can really lean on people in NASCAR. Previously, you couldn't hardly touch a guy and they'd be wrecked. We've actually been practicing with a lot of contact to see how much grip there is. Uh, the the yaw rates and slip angles in MoTeC aren't lying. You can definitely make a lot more contact in upcoming uh, Season 1. Not exactly sure how this will play out in servers, except there should be an ability to make a lot more contact and generate less cautions. Um, that sounds pretty darn positive. Um, what do you guys think? Um, less likely to wreck. I think that'll be good for me. <laughs> so yeah, he's like, basically saying more grip, so you're less likely to wreck. Oh, whenever your rear tires are jacked off the ground, you're going to wreck either way, I think. <laughs> well, have some... you guys, have you, ahead, have you guys been able to like, you know, jump into, uh, into a race using this new update? I have, actually. I, you know, now that, you, that we're talking about it, it kind of rings a bell. Earlier today, I did run a C-Fixed at Talladega, and I was running top five all, all day, and I finished uh, fifth. But there were several times when there was a big wreck, and I was bouncing off people next to me kind of thing, and I was able to hold it when probably in the past I probably couldn't have, um, and I was able to save the truck. And so, yes, I actually have experienced this. Well, that's good because I know, like, there's there's been times where, you know, I I've kind of been in a in a similar situation where you you just it almost feels like you just tap a guy, and you know you or him all of a sudden just start sliding out of control. 
Yeah, and so what Hammer is saying is that is not as much now with this new tire model where they reduce the heat by 50%. So, And I have to agree with him, I mean, now that he points it out. Well, that's that's really good. I, I hope it uh, it really shows through. Like when we get into the into the new NIS season and plus cautions, you know, maybe. Well, yeah. I mean, that'd be good. I mean, us guys down in the bottom split are really going to test this theory to see how well it is. Yeah. I don't think it matters what split. They're all going to test it. All right. Uh, I'm going to take the next topic. This is probably the big topic of the week. Uh, rest in peace, uh, I racer David Cater. Um, David Cater has passed away suddenly. Um, I don't think that was expected. And he has had a big impact on the iRacing community. Uh, he has been around from the beginning, I believe. Um, he is a setup guru. And a lot of people have learned how to do setups from him. In fact, uh, it was just a, f a few years ago, he, he did a nice video series with uh, Ray Alfala while they were at the uh, some kind of a sim event in Dallas and uh, posted videos on how to do setups and stuff. And he, he was also doing the setups for peak, uh, some peak drivers early on in the early part of peak. Uh, he was also uh, doing the fixed setups for the NASCAR cars for iRacing for several years as well, I understand. And so there was a lot of uh, outpouring uh, from the community about uh, David and what he's meant to uh, everybody, I mean, did you guys see all this stuff? Yeah, there's a lot out there. There's a um, nice little video that I saw that someone, I believe it was iRacing that posted that video, actually. Now that yeah. I think about it. iRacing posted a pretty nice, um, Alan, is it Alan Quickly with the driving backwards on the track? Yeah, um, Polish victory lap. Yeah, Polish victory lap that he did right there. They did that. Um, they're at a short track in the sunset, so that's pretty cool. Um, there's also a couple GoFundMe or GoFundMe out there. And, um, yeah, I had the opportunity to meet or not meet him, but to, um, check out one of his demonstrations that he did once and pretty, uh, pretty decent guy. I know he's helped me a lot with my setup building and, um, I know there's a long way for me to go, but everything I learned based knowledge, I learned from his, his videos with Ray Alfala and all that. Yeah. And the video that you mentioned, boy, it's very touching. It's, um, it doesn't show him his face or anything, but it shows, you know, like you said, the Polish victory lap of his car making that final lap and, um, Myrtle beach. And, yeah. And then it also shows a, uh, you know, three wide tribute, uh, with his car leading the pack around the track, so to speak. And they all have uh, tribute paint jobs, uh, the entire field. And, uh, boy, you know, this is the first time I've seen iRacing actually acknowledge publicly you know, the death of an iRacing member like this. But uh, he has uh, been around a long time and certainly a, uh, an important part of the community. Yeah, for sure. I do remember watching that video um, with him and Ray as well. And uh looks like he they have a, a sticker to put on the cars um, in, in memory of David Cater there. Um, and also they're going to do a race. Yeah, Memorial Race has already been announced. Uh, it's next... Uh, December 19th, next Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. Um, when I looked uh, yesterday, 24 hours ago, there were already 37 people registered. So it's probably full by now. Yep, there's currently 48 with uh, the funds raising $548. Um, I signed up and paid my 10 bucks to go race. It's uh, Chicagoland, 
next week with the last setup that he was working on as the fixed setup. Yeah, and then we also heard that he did pass away from a seizure and he, of his heart, and he has no life insurance uh, due to his uh, previous health problems. And family is asking for money to help bury him, actually. So they do have a uh, GoFundMe. If you search the word David Cater Funeral, you will find it at uh, GoFundMe.com. And uh, they've already raised uh, $2,528 of their $10,000 goal there. So go help them out, guys, and show them what the community is all about. In three days. Yeah. They've done that. Now, because I used to race with David Cater a lot back in the day when I was, he was one of the originals at the same time I was. And he was, um, he was a big part of the inaugural seasons of, you know, the peak series and all that working with guys. And, uh, my, my memory with David was, is, um, he was always, he always was in a practice session on Sunday and Mondays, if I remember correctly. And he was always there to work with you if you needed something. He would be in there practicing for himself. But if you go, hey, David, you know, I got, I'm feeling this. What, what do you think? He, he was always there to offer, uh, offer you something. So, you know, he's going to be missed. And, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of people here that are better for knowing him. And um, we appreciate having somebody around like that. You know, that story, Greg, you just told is what a lot of people said in the 11 pages of the forum post about this, said the same thing. Hey, I ran into him in practice. I needed help. He helped me out. And, and a lot, of, I mean, I, I swear hundreds of posts that said that. And it's I'm not joking either. So I also have raced with him uh, before and even recently this year. So uh, he did run NIS quite a bit. He, his I rating was similar to where I was in, in some cases. I would get in the same split with him. He was always someone I would look at as a mark as, you know, to compare to how am I running compared to David Cater because uh, he is the man. So, man, it's a tough, uh, tough to hear that. If you can uh, want that memorial sticker, you can find that on the forums to search the word David Cater. It'll come up. I'm going to put it on my car this week. Yeah. And uh, pretty cool. I mean, one, one, uh, you know, one post uh, said, hey, we should have a iRacing Hall of Fame. And maybe this should be our first inductee. Kind of a neat idea. It'd be interesting yeah. to see what the he 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 has had a huge, you know, it, seeing the Facebook alone could blow up the way it did after hearing all this. And when you guys first posted it, I was like, this is this can't be. Yeah, it, I mean, there's a lot of people who, uh, you know, did social media posts, like you said, Facebook. It was all over all the iRacing groups. Uh, it's all over the forums. A lot of people were uh, taking a moment to pay their respects. All right, well, let's keep going. Brent, uh, you got the next one. iRacing went out and released their two thousand or their top ten November two thousand eighteen videos. Again, like the standard that iRacing has set, they have done some fabulous video editing. The sound quality is great. The camera angles are fabulous. Um, there's some interesting battles that go on in this race. There's plenty of dirt. There's some uh, plenty of oval, and there's plenty of roadside. There's a battle. Um, not gonna spoil it for you, but there's a battle in here of where individual passes someone on the on the uh, on the track, thinking it's the last lap. Turns out it wasn't, and um, the leader 
goes on to it win it again. Them. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. So if you got some time, check it out at the iRacing.com. They're over there on uh, the YouTube page for iRacing. Uh, there's kind of a theme in this one. I think the theme is uh, close finishes or, you know, photo finishes, so to speak. Yeah, there's But those aren't even photos finishes. They're like identical finishes. Right. Yeah, you're talking about the one with the uh, the sprint cars, I think it is. With there's the a bunch of yeah. them that are like that. I think almost, I think there were eight out of ten of them were the photo finish style. Yeah, they, they start with this wreck that uh, it's uh, Class C fixed, and you think, oh, it's not going to get any better than that. And that's number ten. Right. I love watching these things. I mean, it's really entertaining the way the editing. I mean, they go to slow motion, and they... At one point, they flash in a just a, for a second that guy in the crowd who's got his arms pumped up in the air, you know, to make it, you know, look cool. Really advocating that uh, new crowd control model. Love these videos. Keep them coming. Apparently, uh, you get credits if you participate and they actually use your footage. Uh, they do award credits for this. Do you see the one of the guy that drifted uh, completely around turn three and four at Homestead? Oh, he, might yeah. have, he must Saved have gone it. down pit road after that because that wouldn't have had anything left after that. Yeah, I can't say enough about this video. I'm excited about it, and there's some good content that they they found up there, so kudos to the iRacing community. Yeah, and it really highlights some great racing and some cool cars, and love it. Okay, Greg, you're next. Uh, Porsche Sim, uh, Sim Racing here. Hold on, let me bring it up here. Um it's Porsche. Porsche. Sorry. It's the Sim Racing Summit. It's happening Sim Racing Summit. this weekend. Summit. So it's happening this weekend, like I said. Um, there's a, they're, they're promoting it on uh, Twitter here um, with uh, all the uh, times, I guess, here. Um, well, everybody who made it, we got a list. And, and they're uh, all headed to Germany. I think a lot of them were flying out today, actually. What was the amount? Again, how many was it that were invited out? 20? I think it was 20, yeah. So it's just people posting on Twitter that they're thrilled, can't wait. Um, so Steve Myers, here I come to Germany, who's coming to the Porsche race event in Leipzig this weekend, is posted. Um, yeah, you can get tickets and go and watch. Uh, tickets are available on Eventbrite. And, uh, yes, Sage Karam, we talked about him last week. He made it. Uh, he, he's the former IndyCar driver, and uh, he's headed to Germany. I said, it can't wait. But pretty cool. I mean, it, it went quick. I mean, the qualifying for this is opened, like, last week, I think, or the week before. And uh, here it is on us. So we'll, uh, by next podcast, it'll be over, and we'll figure out who, the, who won the 30000 30, bucks is what's uh, up for stake, I think. That'll be interesting to see how it goes. Is it broadcasted too? I haven't heard about that, but uh, I'm sure uh, we'll, you know, we'll see over the weekend. It'll be put on social media if if it is. With iRacing going over there, I know Kevin Bobbitt and uh, Steve Myers are going. Probably would be my guess. All right, Mason, what's next? All right, we got uh, iRacing tweeted a picture out of Rio Fala. At Homestead under the lights, uh, laying on the track behind his four championship trophies, and they say, you're racing in NIS, and this guy joins your session. What do you do? And uh, to that, Noah Gregson responded, and I quote, Noah Gregson has disconnected from the server. 
Um, we had several people posting up uh, funny things. So what would you guys do if Rayalfa joined your server? Uh, boy, I would say I'm fighting for second is what I would say. Well, yeah, some of the replies were funny. One guy posted that uh, gif of, uh, you know, Homer Simpson that backs up into the the hedges to hide. And uh, that was a perfect one. That made me laugh. Bobby Zelensky posted up one of Ray wrecking him, I think. At Richmond. Yeah, yeah funny. Um, also, we got uh, Noah Gregson um, on his Snapchat. He has a short little video here of him trying out the trophy truck, uh, the new or not trophy truck? Yeah, trophy truck that he that they're uh, working on. So that looks a, like a blast going in the dirt there and taking the jumps. So he's now. Did you? Sorry, Mason, but did you notice they had a little bit more background on this video? I did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're starting to fill in some of the the outsides there, and then you can see they uh, go to the outside view of the truck. So that's really cool. You can see the suspension going up and down and all that stuff. Yeah, then, I I want to say it's uh Phil would say it's not a trophy truck, it's a super truck or something like that. But technically, yeah, I don't think it's a trophy truck, but it's similar to that. Yeah. Um. Then we got uh, more Noah Gregson at the Chili Bowl. Um. He's driving around on there in the midget. Um. And uh, looking looking for some practice. Is so. he running? I'm I don't know. He might be. Do you guys think they're going to? And I'm just looking at this, and we brought this up earlier about the lights here at the Chili Bowl. After looking at this video, it almost looks like there doesn't need to be any lights on. Do you think they're going to add those lights in there? Oh, they, yeah. they probably are going to have the lights because they probably have the, they probably have some color textures to make it brighter right now until they figure out all the shadowing. Well, if you look at the video, it is daytime. There's a lot of windows. And there's a lot of light coming like through those windows. So if you're running at night, it's going to look different, I think. It's going to be darker, and you will want lights. And then back to that trophy truck track, whatever track that is. Man, you know what I love about seeing this track is the elevation changes are extreme, dude. Oh, that's Up and true. Down. But and it's, it's weird because I don't have any object, not a lot of objects around the outside. So you, you notice it a little bit more because you miss, you, you, you kind of miss what's missing in the middle, right? Well, yeah. You see these roads going up into the sky and all this stuff. Yeah, it looks weird. Better buckle up for that one. I want to know uh, how they're going to do the um, incidents and that because those trucks are. <laughs> It's going to be, you know, the, those kind of series, they beat around on each other a oh, lot. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a part of it, right? Yeah, that track is cool. I'm really looking forward to those trucks. I think that's going to be the next big thing for me on iRacing. Well, besides AI, I'm really looking forward to AI. Uh, what, there's one more, Mason, another Twitter that's sort of related to Chili Bowl. Yeah, it looks like uh, Keith Coons uh, tweeted that he drug out the iRacing midget from Christopher Bell Racing, and uh, Christopher, Christopher Bell retweeted him and said it's the most wonderful time of the year. And it's got that beautiful iRacing paint job on it. Man, I love that. Red, white, and blue. Yes, sir. And so I presume iRacing is sponsoring uh, him for the Chili Bowl this year, um, so I hope that continues. All right, Tony Groves, you're next. Yeah, this one, uh, this next one's pretty cool it's about uh alex bergeron we've we've talked about him 
lots in the past. Everybody he's knows like the who best he is. dirt car driver on the planet. Yeah, yeah. Well, was it last year? Sometime um, they they flew him out to Alberta to to actually get in yep. um, one of these cars, and and well, he he impressed some people. Well, this coming up year, um, uh, Gulick, Gulick, um, man, I didn't even get his first name. Coleman. Um, Gulick. Thank you. Uh, well, I guess he's gonna step out of his family-owned number 14 Scorpion Security product sprint car for uh, for a handful of races next season and uh, let fellow Canadian Alex uh, get behind the wheel. Um, you know, and it's uh, basically given him his, his first true taste of racing outside the simulator. Um, this, uh, this could be, <laughs> this is a big, definitely a big step for him. And it, uh, could really uh, pave the way in a, in a real life racing career for this young fella. Yeah, pretty cool, man. He's only eighteen, and all you need is a shot, right? Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, so he's putting him in a, the car for an actual race or, or so, and what an opportunity! He's not bringing sponsorship, and so um, he's getting it based on talent alone. That is cool. And this is a uh, 360 sprint car. He ran the 305 before, so he's uh, saying it's going to be a little bit more of a challenge. Yeah, and he's been winning everything in uh, iRacing on dirt, as you all know. Um, I think he's one of the top-ranked dirt iRacers on the sim. So uh, congratulations, Alex. Go get him, man. Go impress him. All right, Brent, you got another uh, Hammer story. Yeah, John Hammer. Um, on the 10th of December, went and posted a, um, a forum post over a three-year period of the Gen 6 NIS open stats. Um, there's a couple things I took away from this after just briefly reading it. The first is the incidents per race per person, the average incident. Um, 2016, it was 5.9. In 2018, it was seven incidents, almost a full incident more the average person averages um, per race. Um, let me go through down here. Continue. Well, participants was one that I liked. Uh, I was kind of surprised by that. 2017 was a higher year than 2018. Yeah. And maybe, well, I guess this is all NIS. So I guess I can't really count for the dirt being a part of that. Um, so what also caught my attention is the amount, average amount of races won. 2016 it was 8.2 and i'm assuming when he i'm assuming when he says this he means average amount of races run per week is that your guys' understanding i think so okay so they're saying here the stats show that hammer has is 8.2 2018 the average was 6.5 so you've got people running less races throughout the week but averaging more incident points so maybe there's a correlation there and then uh, Total participants with five or more starts. 2018, there was 872 individuals. 2016, 1,017. Wow. How many NIS races are there a week? Is there even enough to be eight? All of them is, adds up to eight, yeah. So how do... You what got was two it on Saturday, before? two on Sunday. That's four. Then you got Wednesday, there's two. And Thursday, there's two. And then Friday, there's one. So there's Nine. Nine. So the other seasons, people were participating almost. That, that, that doesn't make sense. I'm guessing 
That's that's that seems like a flawed number, doesn't no, it? No, I'm thinking that average amount of races run is through the total of the whole thing. So of the thirty six races, oh, six point five was the average of how many races were totally run. Right, because a lot because a big chunk of the NIS are people that do do the Daytona five hundred and then we don't see them again. Or yeah. that kind of thing. So another thing here that's really caught my attention and has me thinking is the Race winners, so of the total winners, 326 in 2018, race winners, their incidents per person per race, um, 2016 is 5.2, 2018 is 6.1, which correlates with the increase that we saw overall throughout the year. Um, race winners, average quantity of races won, the average person in 2018 runs 21. Now here, and this is something I've been contemplating lately, is the race winner's average starting position in 2018 was starting P13. So at the beginning of the race, the race winner's average finishing position in 2018 was P14. Hmm. You know, if I look at my stats compared to that, those are exactly the two stats I have, though. Like, I have my average starting position is usually 13th, and then my average finishing position for this for the year is like 14th. Not yeah. that I'm a winner or anything, but I'm just saying it's it's right around where your average is always around the middle of the field. So here's a question for you guys: What do you think is more important to you in the i racing, more telling of a driver and how they how they do? Is it wins or is it their average finish? Wins. It could be wins and top fives, and you know I would put top fives and average finish as a thing for me. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, I guess. What's who's a better race car driver, an individual who has five wins throughout the year, or an individual who averages a finish in the top ten? I think clearly it's pretty hard to get that top fifteen, you know, average finish. Well, okay, here's a way to look at it too. Okay, say, like, Mike, you used to race a lot, right? Say Mike has an average finish, or Mike races ten times a week, and he has an average finish for that week of say eighth or ninth. And someone like me who races twice a week and has an average finish of, say, fifth or sixth because I'd only got two finishes, who is the better? You know, you, you can't tell who's a better driver off of that because they're not equal stats, right? Like, I would go by average finish because that's telling of your whole, the amount you race because someone that races 1,000 races in a year compared to someone that races 200 isn't the same type of thing, right? If you win all, if you win like 50% of them, yeah, you're a better driver, but I would go by average finish. Well, you got 36 weeks and not everybody's running those. So yeah, that's definitely confounds kind of these numbers, but. So what about the, what about the average starting position as it relates to the average finishing position? Does that surprise you at all? Are you saying for the average finishing for position? The race winners? For I mean, the race yeah, winners? For the yeah. race winners? I would expect yeah. it to be higher actually. That that seems kind of odd, doesn't it, to have? But you know what, Mike? That kind of does make sense with obviously how many accidents and things there are too, right? Like you, some you know you'll Somebody win one and then control. you'll finish. You you know one you win and one you don't, right? Like so if you right. if you win one race and you win and you finish twenty seventh in a race, where's your average, right? Right. So does this kind of just throw out the the um the adage that you need to qualify every race? to get towards that front to finish well? Does that kind of throw that out the window? Yeah, I don't know. I, it, I think I think Hammer would just say, oh, it's raw data. You figure it out. <laughs> yeah, and 
one last point here that he makes. It says, should be noted that 2018 is the only year of the three that NIS has been running to have VRS sets available and other free setups. And he's been told by countless people he wouldn't have participated if it wasn't for these setups. So uh, he thinks that the 2018 participation numbers are actually inflated uh, because we know that having access to VRS and volunteer setups is uh, validated from experience on the roadside. Hmm. Yeah, well, perhaps. It's, you know, as, it's easy to say that. As well, though, they, they, they change the cars before the start of the season or just after the start of the season. Um, and the cars became a lot harder to drive. They were, there was a lot less grip out there. Um, and I got to imagine if you, if you don't have a setup, um, that just like makes it even worse. Yeah. I think it was about a third of the way through the year this year is when that new Chevy dropped. So, well, and also, you know, if you really want to have some God or some data too, take this data here with the open and compare it to the fixed and see what the differences are. If the participation is the same, setup doesn't make a difference. All right. Let's keep moving. Um, I'll get the next one. Uh, Matthew DiBenedetto, uh, NASCAR Cup star, uh, did join the uh, Joe Gibbs Racing off-series season league. Uh, and we've been seeing, you know, posts on social media. I do follow Matt on social media, and he was talking about uh, joining the race. And um, there was an article from uh, NASCAR.com about that event. And uh, where he had posted up that he got caught up in the crash one lap. And so even if you're a, a real NASCAR racer, uh, you, sometimes you can't avoid the big one. All right, uh, let's keep moving. Greg Hectus, Rookie Dirt Road. So it looks like, um, you know, we've been talking about this for a while, um, that it's still got an eight-minute qualifying. And I don't know, what did we, they were talking, we talked to Phil about this. He said, what, five minutes? We need it to um, be five or less. It's ridiculous. Five or less, and they eight. still have it at eight, and they haven't changed that. And if I remember correctly, didn't they um, – was it uh, Tyler um, Hudson that came – or didn't he uh, say the one time you couldn't change it mid-season? You'd have to change it when something starts. So wouldn't this have been the good time to have changed it? Yep. And now we're stuck with it for at least another 12 weeks. And I thought we'd just point that out again because I do run those events sometimes. And it's just ridiculous because you're done qualifying in like three minutes tops. And so then you have to sit there for another, you know, five minutes. You know, it's just stupid. All right, let's keep moving. Mason Stiver. Yep, we got a uh, topic here. Someone posted saying iRacing should remove DPs from IMSA, the Daytona prototypes. Um, they put up a poll, and the current results are yes, they should remove it 37%. No, they should remove it. They should not remove it 63%. Um, people are saying they should remove it because they are saying that lower I rating drivers are jumping in it just to get in the top split um, and possibly be bar broadcasted and all that. Uh, stuff that goes along with it. So our I know our road racing guy is not here, but I'm sure you guys have opinions on it. Well, that's one of the cars that I run, and I think the problem with that is, too, is the, 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 the fields are too close. Like, the Daytona prototype should be... I don't know. I'm not the expert on it, but I believe they should be a lot faster than around these tracks than... Uh, um, those uh, GT cars, they shouldn't have. You shouldn't be 
fighting the GT cars as much as you are in that race. If you're slower, you, it, it, they're still way too close. Yeah, I, I've experienced this. When I was running Daytona two weeks ago, I was in the DP, and I suck, and there were GT cars with good drivers in them that were faster than me, and I was getting bypassed by those cars because I suck. And that's what they're talking about. Uh, my my uh, take on this is we need to do what the real IMSA is doing. Are there DPs in IMSA? Yes or no? Well, I don't know if just the, before the other thing here, um, Kyle Hare later on in the uh, post there, he um, he brought out a good point. He said that uh, the, he's got five points here. So the DP is uh, out of date. Uh, DP is incredibly difficult to be fast in. The class difference is in is at most four seconds different at tracks, which it should be, or it needs to be. And relatively low skilled drivers in the DP is what they were complaining about, right? And the way the split system works. Now that's the problem right there is the split system because this even happens in the like when you do Le Mans, like if all the prototypes get moved, you know, the the, the top, top class gets moved always up to the top, like. They don't get spread out between the splits, because right. if you remember, if I remember correctly, the since the last one that I was in, but the 24 hours of Le Mans, the last, I want to say the last five of the 11 splits were all just GT cars. Right, because nobody, yeah, more people run GT, and so yeah, that's how it works out. I don't know what the answer is. I'm not a road guy to really weigh in on it, but. Yeah, they definitely don't look the same, but they do still have the Daytona prototype. It's called DPI, Daytona Prototype International. They also do have the Le Mans prototype too running. Okay, I'm going to take the next one. Uh, Brian Wertman, who uh, is an iRacer, and he also works on uh, Morgan Shepard's uh, NASCAR crew, um, his road crew. Um, and he's been in NASCAR a, a few years. He used to be a NASCAR official. Um, anyway, he's running that um, uh, Joe Gibbs Racing League that we spoke about. Uh, Brian posted up on Facebook a, a really nice little nugget of knowledge. Uh, he came together with a list of the tracks that have no lights in iRacing but do have lights in real life. And that list is Atlanta, Chicago, Darlington, Homestead, Vegas, Martinsville, Texas. And so iRacing's got some work to do to finish that off, right? And probably what's going to happen is the first part of the season, you're not going to have the lights for these races that need them, and then probably maybe near the end of the season, you might. Now, does it involve a rescanning to be able to do lights? Like, for example, Martinsville. I mean, we know that the Martinsville scan was a long time ago, and that Martinsville recently added lights, I think, maybe a year and a half ago well after the scan. So does it mean we have to go back and rescan or can iRacing just fudge those in? I believe those would be just a visual thing, would they not? They would maybe have to go out and maybe take pictures of the angle of the lights, but that might be the extent of it. Yeah, I mean, they need to rescan Texas anyway. That's true. Well, have we ever known of iRacing to scan a track at night? Because they post a lot of when they're scanning stuff. I mean, have we ever noticed anything from Twitter or anything like that? Well, we don't know how long it takes them the to do it, right? We don't know how long it takes them to do it, though, either. So, yeah. So that would be good if uh, they could get on that and get that fixed. <laughs> I mean, the, if there's any East Coast tracks on there, obviously. Like Martinsville is going to be snow-covered in the winter. So I doubt they'll do that one. 
Well, and the, these ones, you, from that schedule change, those dates, those some of those start times will push some of these races into light nights this year that they never used to be. Because I think the Martinsville race in the playoffs next year is at 3 p.m. start, so that would mean it's going to be under the lights by the time it finishes. Yep. All right, I'm going to pick up one more, and then we'll go to Mason for the next one. Uh, Ty Majeski posted up a response to Matt Weaver, who's a NASCAR journalist. He said, there's nothing that can prepare you for the Derby. You can come here four times in a row and get four different tracks. And Ty Majeski says, I disagree. You can get on iRacing to prepare. The Five Flag Speedway is awesome on there. And so him uh, sticking up for his sponsor. Telling this uh, NASCAR journalist, uh, hey, what's what's up? Good for him. It, you know, that's another tip to na- to iRacing, and you know, it even promotes the Five Flag Speedway, even though it's iRacing's right of it. But it's a good good shout out to uh, iRacing for it. Yep. And uh, looking forward to Ty, you know, taking on the iRacing colors and the super late model. Hopefully, that'll continue. I don't know if we have a confirmation of that sponsorship yet. How many different races go on at that Chili Bowl weekend? Like, is there different divisions? I There must be, but I don't know. I think you have to sign up, uh, pay quite a bit of money to actually watch it on the internet. All right, Mason, you got the next one. Yep, uh, this is a repeat uh, story about the Mission 22 uh, 24-hour race at Charlotte in the Cup car, and it's at the Oval. Um, Alex Green has this up in iRacing Driver's World. The uh, the Mission 22 is a uh, nonprofit who who helps to combat the ever rising veteran suicide rate. So they're doing a, uh, a a race here to benefit Mission 22, and uh, they're just looking for drivers and teams to race for 24 hours at the Oval of Charlotte, and that's in February on February 16th. All right. Go help them out. All right. And I will, before we get into hardware software, Tafosi Racing is looking for a social media manager and a league manager. If you're interested, please contact Greg Hectus or myself. Uh, setup skills are a major bonus. We still have those positions open, guys. So if you're uh, wanting to get on a team, uh, check us out. All right, let's jump to hardware software. Tony. Yeah, first up, we got uh, Lucas Oil Racing Package uh, from Rickma Tech. And um, I was. What a deal. I don't know if it's a deal or not, but it is a new package. (laughs) Save $1,000. Oh, well, you got to buy three then, right? Um, It looks like it's just a stationary uh, setup, but you get. Am I am I seeing this correct? Like you get the computer, uh, yep. wheels, pedals, the monitors, everything. Like it, it's it's the whole shebang. That's not uh, bad. Then I didn't realize that. I mean, yeah, like we're <laughs> that that might not be a per, not but not yeah, it may not be a bad deal after all. Um, so okay, Tony, we we can't talk about this. It only ships to the U.S. Uh, okay, never mind. I'll just shut up then. Yeah, six thousand five hundred sixty bucks. <laughs> so that's curious quite what, a bit. Yeah, curious what that would be if you parted it out because it is the wheel is a TSPC Ferrari Thrustmaster wheel, and the pedals are the the Thrustmaster load cell conversion for their pedals. My take on this is it's too much money um, for what it is. It's neat because it's a 
you know, turnkey package, you know, you can buy from Rickmotech, but wow. I mean, the price just seems a little high. Well, if you look at the, sorry, Mason, if you look at the computer there, um, I actually thought you might get a little bit more beef in there, but um, it's a bare minimum. It, yeah, it's an i5 processor. They don't say what generation. I know some of those i5s are still really, really good. Um, you know, it's, then they give you a 1070 graphics card. Uh, but they yeah. throw in a brand new set of headphones that round right. out the package. Well, and the chassis. I mean, and, and obviously the chassis must be the bulk of the cost, but um, it is a nice-looking stationary rig. We've talked about it before. Um, but it's pretty simple, isn't it? Like, yeah. it's 80-20 with... Uh, the only thing it looks like that's been manufactured, really, is that base piece um, with the uh, angled um wheel stand right yeah kind of a flare on the wheel stand and i honestly I think it's probably is overpriced but you know it's a really nice package well can i i gotta say something about them headphones those are hyper x headphones and i am actually sporting those right now um they're not very expensive but they are a very good headset how much are they um i think i want to i think when I pay seventy or eighty bucks Canadian, well, so that's like five bucks American. See, they do have even better packages. I don't know if you've ever looked at if you go into simulation packages, they have some better packages in there too. Yeah. So check it out if you want the Lucas Oil Racing package. That's the Rick direct Motel. drive one. They have a direct drive one. Uh -huh. Yeah, we've talked about them quite a bit. I think they're out of Miami. Uh, down where Justin lives, and uh, Justin's actually within driving distance, and they do have a monthly uh, open house. All right, uh, Brent McCoy, you're next. A uh, sim rig review room. Joe Gibbs Racing went and released their um, videos and pictures of their sim rig that they use over there at uh, JGR Racing in their shop. Um, looks to be, I'd hate to use the word standard setup, but I don't think that's a motion rig, correct, Mike? No, that's a play seat or something. Yeah, that's. It looks like a play seat. Um, I don't yeah, know the kind of wheel that is. Looks like I, an Alien Gear computer. I like the yeah. I like the uh, graphics on the seat though. Yeah, it's the uh, the seat is wrapped in interstate batteries with the interstate battery underneath the seat. Typical sponsorship plug right there. Um, he's also he's rocking it. They're using a uh, Oculus. For a um, or VR they're using for their um, visuals and the steering wheel. Can you guys see what kind that is? Yeah, it looks like the Thrustmaster wheel we just talked about the the PC racer one. Okay, it might be a different. That actually might be a different wheel stand than I'm thinking. As you see the RS on the one part there, I'm trying to yeah, think right. of what seat that is. Now, if you look at the second link, there's a video showing the room uh, more as a whole. Kind of neat looking setup. It, it, it's almost like a lounge, and uh, they get they got a couple couches and a coffee table, and you know Sim Simbrig is sitting there next to it. Got a handbrake on it too. Looks like a I don't know what kind of shifter that is. Is it Logitech or is that a Thrustmaster shifter? I don't know. Joe Gibbs Racing. They could probably do a little bit better. <laughs> I yeah, I don't disagree. Okay, who's next? Tony Groves. Uh -huh. Oh, oh, do you want me to take this one, Tony, or are you going to do it? Um, yeah, I didn't even look at this one here. This one kind of surprised me, but it is 
something right up my alley. <laughs> it's a do-it-yourself PVC handbrake. Or, sorry, PC handbrake. <laughs> um, and this guy is a bloody genius. Um, he's basically fashioned um, like a tube of some sort and um, craftily placed it over top of an Xbox controller and uh, got some spring action with just some, I don't know, spring bungee that he pulled cord. out of his couch or yeah bungee cord he stole from his That's trunk awesome. um this guy's genius i love this this is so awesome <laughs> i mean it looks like absolute trash but in my eyes man as long as it works and it works well um you know the only thing this guy's missing is some duct tape he's really got to get that somewhere in his build um duct tape is uh you, you got to have it. If you don't have it, you might as well just throw it all out. Should make it a hand grip. The beholder. Yeah, wrap it around that PVC, PVC pipe so it doesn't slip out of your hand. Yeah, hands down, this is probably one of my one of my favorite handbrakes that I've seen so far. This is just it's <laughs> it is silly, but okay, so <laughs> it's great for the audio listeners. I'm going to describe what this thing looks like. So down on the floor, he's got his Xbox controller kind of wedged into some wood and so it doesn't move right and then he's just got a regular old pvc pipe he just shoved down on top of the left joystick and he's got it where it's it's got it where he can just move it forward and backwards to move the joystick and that's it right yeah it's kind of clamped to the, the side piece of wood there so it doesn't move left and right it just moves front and back but it's effective if you look at the end of the video you can see him actually driving with it and it works oh yeah, yeah. He's genius. It's great. And you can control exactly how much you want, just like you would with a, a normal handbrake. That's because it's an analog controller, too, right? That's a nice part about it. Yep. So that's Matt Rogers, uh, the iRacer who uh, built that. Good job, Matt. All right, Brent, what's next? Um, so Ford, um, Ford Entertainment Group put out a video about the Lenovo um, VR headset he says he was actually giving it away for free and let me pull it up here it says it works great with eye raising it's a lenovo vr headset and does, does it say why he's giving it away if I'm not mistaken. he's the guy who's always uh selling computers and he's just throwing it in as a package kind of thing and but the point is is this headset does work on eye racing i think this is the first time we've had it confirmed uh, it's really cheap if you remember yeah, we talked about it before. This is that one it was on Amazon, I think. Right. I'm looking up to see how much it is. But, yeah, I mean, it's a really cheap VR solution. It works. We have confirmation it works. We got a video of a guy using it. And, uh, wow, what do you guys think? Is this the next uh, Oculus Rift? It's another option, at least. If it works, it works. Yeah, $141 on Amazon. I mean, 141 bucks. That's cheap. If you want to try VR, I mean, for 141 bucks, why not? Here it is at B and H Photo, under a hundred dollars, ninety nine ninety nine. Don't forget, Christmas is coming up. All the wives that listen to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Yeah, for under for under a hundred bucks, you can get your husband VR. I mean, I would probably try it for a hundred bucks. It looks like it's running really good in this video. Right. All right. Well, check it out. Okay, Greg, you're next. This is for Canada. Yeah, we were uh, track 
track racer we've been showing a lot of their stuff on here they've been um they've been really going with their new sim uh seats here and i guess uh one of our only uh simulation uh retailers here in canada uh has now is now selling them so you can now get it at uh was it simulation one systems uh you can buy anything track um, racer from there. They got all their setups there. Um, it looks like the conversion is still whatever it is in U.S. <laughs> over to Canada. Like it's it's pretty expensive looking at some of the stuff here on the site, but uh, at least it's another option here in Canada if you want to buy direct from someone here instead of shipping from the states. Yeah, they're based out of Toronto now, so an hour away and two hours away from Tony. About an hour and forty-five minutes from Tony. Well, it looks like they're um, RS6 and RS8 cockpits are actually on sale for coming in just under $1,000 Canadian. Huh. Yeah, they got some fairly good stuff. I mean, it is maybe a little high, but boy, I mean, yeah, if you're wanting to buy local. I think that's kind of uh, typical for what we see up here price-wise for this kind of thing. Um, they're usually on the on the higher end like even if because i know when i was searching for my fanatic stuff sim one systems also has fanatic stuff and it's pretty expensive on here but it's really hard to ship that stuff if you don't have like large quantities you don't get a good break on it too right to get for the, some of these dealers yeah all right let's keep moving uh mason another christmas special yeah, I'm all about these Christmas deals. Uh, we got the GTO Omega Racing uh, Sim Company that uh, does some pretty nice chairs and also sim rigs. Um, they have a 40% off uh, special. And you get 40% off on all the accessories. Um, usually the bigger the item, the less percentage off. But uh, they got their rigs on sale and all their seats and a uh, nice little discount there for Christmas. They sell those office chairs that kind of look like racing chairs that a lot of people use, too. I like the mouse mats. They look pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, just the GT Omega wheel stand without the, the rest of the you know sim rig, if you're limited on space, that's not a bad deal. $134. Yeah. Yeah, they sell rigs and everything. So uh, that's GTOmegaRacing.com. All right, I'll take this next one. Uh, this one was a post on Facebook to the page, uh, known as Heiskenveld. And if you recall, Heiskenveld makes uh, very fancy pedals and, uh, the owner or the namesake for Heiskenveld, uh, made a video and about, um, bearings and how many bearings does he have in his pedals? And that was one of the questions and, uh, it was just a, a little short video that shows the product, and he talks about where the bearings are. I don't know why we need to know that, but um, it is a rare look at these uh, videos. They don't do a lot of promotion on this, and uh, I've rarely seen uh, information about them, so I thought we'd talk about it. Now, question here, because I'm not used to these these smaller, like those setups where you got to mount them yourself. Do those plug into a box or something? Because they look like what they're they're um, like phone connector ends on the end of those. What do they plug into? I think there's a it? little controller box that they plug into, and then you have like USB. Okay. 
Does yours like that, or is it one? Like well, you have a, you have there's a little circuit like board on mine that kind of combines everything together, and it's some one USB goes off of it. Okay. So it's probably similar to that, yeah. But, yeah, these things, you have to mount them yourself. He sells them, like, loose, like the clutch and the brake and the pedal. The throttle are kind of just loose. They're not, like, you know, bolted down. But, uh, you know, a lot of people do recommend these pedals. I tell you what, if you go in the forums and look, this Heiskenveld is always near the top of the list. I think they're load cell, they're not hydraulic. And they're like over a thousand bucks, if I remember right. Oh yeah, they're expensive. All right, Tony Groves, what's next? Oh, we have got a, another rig review. And this is the Simpit Avenger Pro with 202 degrees uh, field of view. Um, it's powered by using two Acer Predator Z650 projectors. Um, they and I guess they they shoot out at uh, 1080p. Um, wow, this is awesome. Yeah, yeah, like you, <laughs> uh, the whole seat and everything sits on like an 8020 uh, setup. Um, but the screen that is in front of you is absolutely massive. Um, and you've got these like two pillars on either side that help hold up the screen, but they also um, hold the two projectors in place. And the first, my first thought was like uh, two projectors and um, like, how, how good is this going to be? And, you scroll down and they actually have um, a, a video, not of this setup, but of uh, a similar setup using the same projectors. And it's a, it's a helicopter simulator. And the quality is phenomenal. I'm blown away by, by the, the quality this thing produces. There's got to be some good software, hardware combination box or something that's taking the two images from the two projectors and somehow splitting them where they blend together perfectly you know what i mean you can't just do this without something like that oh no absolutely not i mean it and it it does seem uh quite complicated but um that that that's a huge fov and uh if yeah, if it replicates anything like that video with the helicopters I mean that'd just be phenomenal. Yeah, they have. If you scroll on down to December 11th, they have a video up. Um, he says it's at low resolution, um, but it is some laps in an open wheel car, and uh, it's he went with the black screen in the background so that you could race it during the day because he was having trouble seeing it with the white screen in the background um, that they were projecting on. So, um, so yeah, he has a nice video up there um, of like the room and he glances up um, to get the light in there as well. Anybody notice too that this is in somebody's garage? It's <laughs> it's basically taking up probably his whole garage. Crazy. I mean, I find it interesting that the screen is a black surface, not a white. I didn't know you could project onto a black surface. And I used to work in projection quite a bit. And I'm a little surprised that that works. Yeah, there is some distorting going on, but like he said, I'm sure with some time you could probably get that figured out. 
Yeah, and it's nice having that that curved screen without any uh, no borders. Yeah, no yeah. border, no bezels, nothing. And think about the FOV for a minute. Okay, so a full circle is 360 degrees. Half circle is 180. Okay, so like a perfect triple screen monitor, you get like 174 FOV, okay, which is right below 180. This thing, 202. So it goes above, it goes beyond your peripheral vision. It's so much. Yeah, I'm not sure if you can get much more immersion without going VR than this setup here. And if you added a motion rig in the middle of it, I don't know. That'd be crazy. Man, I, I, I really love the projector setups. Now, I've always heard there's a delay with projectors more so than there are with monitors. Would you guys be concerned about that, you know, delay? Yeah, that delay would have me worried because everything happens so quick in this right. sport here. Yeah. yeah and projectors I... are known to delay. And maybe these are great projectors. I don't know. I wish I could zoom in here and see that. I'm trying to see what wheelie has there. He's got an emergency stop button for it over on the right, so it must be a DD. Is it the the, the Fanatec rim? The that's what I'm thinking it is, but I can't remember. I gotta look it up. That's yeah, pretty cool rig, man. And uh, let's give some credit. Uh, this is uh, Shin Thanenthal. I probably butchered that from Australia. And uh, thank you, Shin, for sharing uh, your incredible two-projector setup. Man, that is just blows me away. All right, let's get into final thoughts here. Brent McCoy. Yeah, not a whole lot going on in the offseason. We've got um, – I just got my new equipment this past week or two that I've been working on, the uh, CSL um, Elite, some Fanatec gear and all that. So getting finally situated with all that. Also getting for the 2019 season for the team here, again, the eye-pitting board. Um, up to date and scheduled the class a series is now on there now that it's 2019 so if you guys haven't yet checked that out that's ipittingboard.com okay cool uh greg hectus final thought uh just uh once again gonna promote uh my uh, twitch page frozen cactus so uh, twitch.tv slash frozen cactus frozen with two o's cactus two k's um you can watch me Two times a week now, I guess we'll be in the old, uh, old Bastard Racing League. I'll have Monday nights and Wednesday nights. Uh, Arca for Monday nights and the Truck Series on Wednesday nights. Racing with Tony and Chris, and looks like Justin's joined us too. I don't know if Mike's gonna try and if you're gonna try and get out on Wednesday nights with us, but uh, I look forward to racing with everybody. The guys were great, um, and uh, we'll get out, go at it next week. All right. Very good. Mason Stiver, final thought. Yeah, I've been uh, running Chicago land here with the uh, cup car and uh, messing around with the setup, trying to get something that, that goes good. Um, I guess I've gotten enough racing to get into the upper splits and uh, getting my butt handed to me. So working on not having that happen longer. All right. Come join us. Uh, Tony Groves, final thought. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot to... Uh, say this week for my final thoughts, um, except that, uh, well, I guess I got to do some shameless plugging as well. I've started streaming. Um, right now, it's pretty much just with the old Bastards Racing League, but uh, anybody that wants to come and watch my silliness that I do and, uh, you know, maybe watch Greg smack into a wall or two, um, you can find me at twitch.com.
TV uh, slash Sir Groves, and that's Groves with one O, and there is no K's in that name. <laughs> All right. And uh, don't forget, uh, teammate David Hall is also streaming. He's on YouTube. Uh, his name is Band Man, and he streams a ton of IMSA stuff. And so check him out. He's fun to watch. Uh, my final thought is I did a project yesterday. I decided to take my subwoofer out of the living room and move it into the office. And I did that. And I had to go buy a wire from Target and everything to make it work. And I got it up and running. And wow, game changer, guys. I can't believe it. Now, my sound setup is I have powered speakers left and right. I have the engine coming out of those. All communication is through the headset. I got TeamSpeak, in-game chat, and Spotter are in the headset. But the engine comes out of the speakers. And by adding a $500 12-inch powered subwoofer to the mix, and it's sitting right behind my seat, unbelievable how much... Uh, when I turn that thing up, it feels like a real engine. It feels like I'm in a real race car because when I hit that throttle, the room is shaking, man. It's like a real engine in here. And I couldn't believe the immersion difference. And so I ran a Talladega C-Fix today and um, I'm in a big pack of trucks and we're going full speed and the whole room is just resonating with this low bass from the engine. And uh, I was just shocked. Man, if you guys can... Uh, add a big old sound system to your setup. I definitely recommend it. His wife wasn't home. Yeah, I yeah. The caveat there, and so I won't be able to run the sub when she's. She actually sleeps right above my office. Our bedroom is above, and so I don't know how it's going to work. We're probably going to try it tonight and see if I can wake her up. So, uh, with that, we'll see you later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.